0: Welcome to episode 15 of the Her Paper Root podcast. I'm Chelsea Clark. Now, if you have been hanging around my blog or are on my list getting my weekly love letter, then you probably know that I am a blog flipper and blog broker. I develop and sell monetized websites as a business and I help other bloggers sell their websites for profit over at my marketplace, blogsforsale.co. We help content creators at all stages of the blogging game in buying and selling websites. I talk about this business of blog flipping whenever I can to anyone who will listen because not only is it a fun business to be in, but it is also very rewarding financially. So today I am pumped to get to listen to our guest today, Tracy Phobes. She is a professional blogging entrepreneur who not too long ago sold one of her websites to a private firm for six figures. She's going to walk us through her experience in selling and offer up some advice for what you can do to prep your blog for sale so that you can hopefully get a high selling price. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoute.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Welcome to the show, Tracy Fodes. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Okay, I am excited to chat with you. Your name will be a familiar one, I'm sure, for many listening, as you are very visible in the blogging world. So please tell us about yourself and what it is that you do here in the blogging community. I've been blogging for more than 11 years now.
1: And so I got into blogging just to kind of help people learn how to budget and get out of debt. And of course, as time went on, people are like, can you teach me how to do this? And I drug my feet for a very, very long time because I didn't think I was qualified enough. And finally, after a little prodding, I decided to jump in with both feet. And I absolutely adore helping people. There is no greater satisfaction than when somebody's struggling with a problem and you come in there and you give them the answer and they're like, finally, I figured it out. So that's kind of what led me down this path was just people asking
0: me to teach them what I already knew. Oh, yes. I think that's something that gets in the way of so many people when they want to try something, but they think, oh, I'm not qualified for it. And you just jumped in and you started doing it. And is that how things just started working out? Yep. That's exactly it. You know, I kept
1: thinking, well, I'm not qualified. And I kept, you know putting it back on the back burner and telling people, no, I just don't think I have enough experience to do this. And then finally I realized why, you know, I'm an expert that knows more than somebody who's blogging for even five years, right? And someone who's been blogging for five years knows something more than someone who's been blogging for a year. So we're all experts in our own right, just with different levels of experience. And so I finally told the little imposter person hanging out in my head to shut up go away. And I was going to do this. And since I took control and did that, I can't believe how great it feels. And now I'm kicking myself wondering why I waited so darn long to just throw caution to the wind and go for it. But it's it's all been a blessing.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. (laughs) You and I have been in the professional blogging game for over a decade, and we've seen our fair share of changes in the industry and something that we will often see over time is that sometimes bloggers burn out or their passions change and... They change their minds about wanting to continue with their blog for whatever reason. And not everyone realizes, but selling your blog is an option. You don't have to let it die with the expiration of your hosting plan. You can turn a profit by selling your website. And you, Tracy, are someone who has had a successful blog sale with one of your websites. So I would love to hear all about your blog selling story. What was the blog that you sold about? Sure. So my
1: site was pennypensionmom.com and I started it on a whim in January of 2009. And in fact, I didn't really even tell my husband what I was doing because I was really pretty clueless myself. I didn't know I could make money blogging. I remember my first check arrived August of 2009 and it was for $65. And you would have thought I won the daggum lottery. I would so excited because I thought, wow, you can really make money doing this. So once that happened, I jumped in and I started learning, but my passion really came from helping the people who were visiting my site. We had just gotten ourselves out of debt and we had been struggling to make ends meet. And so that's what I was doing too. I was encouraging others saying, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. You can dig yourself out from debt. We're proof of that. Encouragement, support but it was all around that financial spectrum of helping families live on what they had and finally once and for all eliminate that debt. And so the blog grew from there and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And before I knew it, you know, I was pulling in five figures a month and it was consistent and it was kind of exciting and everything all at once. And I kept pushing and I kept pushing and then about six or seven years in, I started having people again, ask me, Hey, how do you blog? And so I'm like, well, I'm not here to teach you how to blog because that's not what my site is about because it doesn't make sense for me to talk about blogging on this website. And so I didn't really pursue it. And then more people kept asking me and I started realizing that I was enjoying that a little more when I would help people. I was finding a little more satisfaction. I was burnt out on trying to come up with new content to write about with saving money. And I was just kind of tired of it, but it was my baby. You know, I couldn't just give it up. I couldn't just close up shop. And so I was trying to run both for a while. And then the the blog coaching and that education piece started doing more. I started seeing more exposure there and I started enjoying that much more to the point where I would have to work on Penny Pension Mom, and it was almost a chore. And I was just tired of looking at it, and I just struggled day in and day out. But again, I couldn't just close it. And so I honestly just started kind of praying on a little bit and thought, okay, if this is going to work out, it will work out. And about 18, 24 months went by, and I had casually mentioned to some friends that, hey, if you ever know somebody in the industry looking – I might be willing to sell. And July of 2019, one of those friends emailed me and said, hey, I know a company who is looking at purchasing websites. Would you like for me to make an introduction? And I thought, sure. And that was a reputable company in the industry. And so I thought, OK, I'm interested in talking to them. I'm out nothing but, you know, my 20 minute phone call. Right. And we had the phone call. I fell in love with them. They fell in love with me, and the negotiations started. And by the middle of October, we had a signed contract. And that's kind of where it went. And I felt confident letting it go because I knew that they had the same objectives for the website. I just could no longer give it the passion and the love that it needed. And so it was really comforting to know that someone else was going to continue that so I could pursue my new passion and both websites could thrive.
0: That's fantastic. So when you were selling that blog and you were in negotiations, what was your blog making in revenue at the time? You had said previously that you were making about five figures per month. Yeah. So we were pulling in. Um, annually,
1: it was about 175000 hundred and seventy-five to $200,000 a year is what the blog was making on an annual basis.
0: In the end, what did you end up selling it for?
1: I can't give an exact figure, but it was in like the mid to average
0: six figures. But it was a six-figure income is what I did sell it for. No, that's perfect. Just giving a rough estimate like that is great because it just gives our listeners an idea. And a lot of the time, people don't realize the value that's in your content. And you really can sell your blog for a great profit.
1: Absolutely. And in this case, what was really neat is that we even negotiated into the contract that I would write a couple of articles a month as a freelancer. So I sold my website and now I'm freelancing back to the website that I originally owned, speaking residual income. So it's kind of a crazy thing, but it kept my voice on there as well because they said I am the face, I'm the voice of the website. So it still keeps me a little in touch with people without me having to do the day in and day out maintenance of a website.
0: I wanted to ask that. When you sold, did you remove your personal information from the site? Like, did you remove your Mm -hmm. photo and your name? It's all on there still. At this point, I still am the
1: face. And that was one of the things we negotiated in the terms, that even if I'm no longer writing, they'll be able to use my likeness on the website. So it's something I think people have to keep in mind when you're letting a site go, because just because you've got personal content on there doesn't mean it has to go away it could be possible that the person or company purchasing would like to retain that piece of the blog because that's kind of what made the blog what it is. So it's something you do have to discuss in that negotiation process, whether your content goes away or not.
0: Yes, and like you say, I think a lot of companies who are investing are interested in blogs that have a face behind the brand. And if people are listening and they're thinking, well, I don't want to have my face out there for someone else to run with, you don't have to sell your website with your face, your photos, your name, anything on it if you don't want to. These are all things that you work out in your contract. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, because that was one of the first things they came up and I asked them. I said, well, you know,
1: my name's all over and it's me. And they said, we need to keep you. You are the face. You are the brand. And so we would like to build that into this contract. And, you know, the terms and everything I was happy to agree to. So, yeah, it definitely does not work for every situation. But it's something I think bloggers don't think about or they run to the extreme and think I'm selling it. I have to get rid of everything personal when that really may not be the case. So don't rush and change everything for prospective buyers wait until the buyer and you start talking and then you can figure out what should stay and what should go.
0: That's great advice. (laughs) With that blog, what sort of revenue streams did you have? Was it more affiliate marketing, ad revenue? Did you have your own digital
1: products? I had about 40% was ad revenue, 35% was affiliate income, and then the rest were my own digital products. And so I had a little bit of uh, diversification between the income sources, which is one of the reasons that the company liked to work with me because it wasn't all ad revenue and it wasn't all just one specific source. There were some different options there, and so it gave them more avenues to pursue when it comes to their own monetization strategy.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Diversify your income and don't count on one type of revenue stream. And of course, when it comes to selling a website, the more income that it makes generally means the more it can sell for. So if someone is wanting to sell their blog and they're considering all the different types of revenue streams, what monetization types would you recommend that they focus on?
1: Uh, Probably I would say ad revenue is probably going to be number one because most companies are going to be looking at getting that organic traffic to the website. That's really what they want is the SEO. And honestly, SEO traffic, when from an ad revenue standpoint, is a very high income earner because those are very targeted users coming for a specific purpose. So the ad companies will often pay more for that specific type of traffic compared to something from Pinterest. um, If you're wanting to kind of understand how that works, so ad revenue is really number one, and then the affiliate partnerships as well. I would definitely boost that up because you know, ad revenue comes and goes, but you want to convert on that traffic that's visiting. So yes, we can get them there through search, but we really would like for them to do something once they get there. We would like for them to be clicking on those links and making purchases, signing up for our list and those types of things. So if you're really going to focus on something, I would focus not on your products at this point. I would focus more on that ad revenue and that affiliate income and try to hit that 50-50 mix if possible. Just again, so you have a nice uh, showcase to say, hey, yeah, we're not making 90% of our income from ads or just 90% from affiliates because that's a little scary for anybody willing to make an investment when you have all of your eggs so highly invested in just one basket.
0: For anyone who's listening right now and is considering potentially selling your website, I'm giving out free website valuations where we can find out how much your blog could potentially sell for in today's market. Go to blogsforsale.co/val. That's blogsforsale.co/val. Fill out the form there, I will give you a full website valuation for free. And then if you decide to list your website for sale, you'll have me as your personal broker helping to find your ideal buyer. There is a ton more coming up on today's episode, but first I want to quickly thank our sponsors for making this show possible. And one of those sponsors is SmarterQ. SmarterQ is a social media automation tool that I have been using for a few years and it has saved me so much time while also growing my Facebook and Twitter accounts. SmarterQ allows for evergreen content recycling. You simply share your blog post, your sales page, your freebie, whatever it is that you want to promote. You share it once and then SmarterQ reshares it over and over again for as long as you want as evergreen content. With SmarterQ, you can be sure that there will always be people seeing your content without you having to sit on social media posting and reposting manually ever again. If you go to herpaperute.com smarterq, you will be given an extended free trial so you can try it out for yourself and see why I love it so much. If you are sick and tired of being charged more by your email service provider, the more your list grows, then you are going to love Flowdesk. Go to herpaperoot.com/flowdesk right now where you will get the herpaperoot discount of just $15 per month for unlimited email subscribers. You can send your newsletters, create your opt-in forms and make beautiful landing pages. So no matter how many email subscribers you get, you will never pay more than $15 per month for life. herpaperoot.com/flowdesk Tracy, do you have any tips for how bloggers can generate more organic traffic to their site quickly to increase the likelihood of finding a buyer?
1: Absolutely. You want to make sure that your site is Google-friendly, number one. That means it needs to load quickly. You know, get rid of the stuff that's slowing it down. You are going to want to make sure it can be read on all devices. Uh, One common mistake I see for a lot of people is their font is too small, for example, Google hates small font. They do not want people having to pinch and enlarge to read. So you want to make sure that is one thing you do. You want to make sure those links are obvious. Don't hide your links. Don't make them the same color as your font. Don't make them too light. We want those links to stand out because then when people are finally getting there, they can click. You need to make sure your structure of your site is set up, that you properly silo your content. And siloing makes means to make sure that The content all works together kind of in little like grain silos, so to speak, like you would see on a farm. The content all works together and has a unified purpose. So for example, if you're a lifestyle blog and your content's all over the place, that's a little more difficult because it's so much harder to get that organic traffic because Google doesn't really know what your authority is on. What is your authoritative topic? So we want to make sure that we can have that authority by properly establishing our site and our content around one specific audience or one specific purpose or goal. Those are big things that I see that bloggers are not doing when it comes to SEO. But I think the biggest one is not being willing to make an investment in that education because there is so much to learn with SEO and free content. It's great. I love things that are free, but it only takes you so far. Make an investment in your business to learn SEO. And that makes you much more marketable to a potential buyer because you can say, look, we've been working on SEO. We've done this. This is how we've improved our traffic. And they are going to see the potential there. If you're not getting any organic traffic, how do they know what kind of growth opportunities lie ahead of them? Or is everything stagnant? Have you tried anything? So it's just much more appealing from a buyer's perspective that they can see that growth and those opportunities where your potential SEO lies.
0: Do you offer your own SEO training or do you have someone
1: that you can recommend? I have invested in Mike Pearson's uh, Stupid Simple SEO, probably one of the best investments I have made uh, for my site, bar none. Just absolutely phenomenal, so well explained. Debbie Gartner has some great books. And one of them is Easy Backlinks, where she walks you through how to get quality backlinks, which are extremely vital to good SEO. She's got a wonderful book on how to get your site set up for Google to like it for SEO. These are the tools that I have personally used that I have found great value in. And while Mike's was a little more expensive. It still was not so expensive that it was out of the um realm of what I'm willing to pay. You know, I'm willing to invest in my education, but I also don't want to drop two and $3,000 on a course necessarily. His was very affordable. And again, I just, I can't say enough good things about it. I feel that he breaks it down in a way that makes sense because he's a blogger too. And so he's not speaking over my head and he's not talking at me. He's helping me and he shows me literally step by step exactly what I have to do. And you just can't even really put a price on that type of education.
0: Yes, and he as well as Debbie and yourself are all very active in the Facebook groups providing help and answering questions and I find that's really great and I think a lot of people can appreciate that because there are so many people who go into Facebook groups and they're all sell, 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 buy my this, buy my that and of course we're all business owners and we're all trying to grow our companies and reach new clients but there is a much better way of going about it and you really do build your communities a lot better and a lot faster that way by providing that helpful information and not just being salesy. And I think that the three of you do that really well. Thank
1: you. It's fun for us. And I mean, that's why somebody mentioned to me today something about marketing. And I said, well, I've never marketed myself. I literally, I show up and I'm helpful. And if I'm helpful and someone wants to work with me, great. If not, I don't care. The whole point is I'm just there to help. That's my objective. And that's the objective of Debbie and Mike and other people that I trust in this blogging community Yes, we have products. We have things that we're selling. But at the end of the day, we truly just want to make sure people are getting the right information because there's so much bad information
0: out there. Oh, yes. Tell me about it. There's so much misinformation going around in Facebook groups and you really can go wrong if you listen to the wrong advice. Yeah, so if you know a few Yeah, so if you pay attention to a few of the pros and you know you can trust their advice, you're gonna be a lot better off.
1: Absolutely, I agree with you completely.
0: Okay, so (laughs) bloggers are listening to your advice about what to focus on for SEO and how to make your blog look awesome in Google's eyes and now they need to prepare their website for sale. So what should they be focusing on for the new owner to be taking over? All right, so you wanna kind of do some of the back end prep
1: any new owner is going to want to have financials for the past two to three years. So you need to have your financial statements ready. You need to have tax returns ready. Any legal contracts or documents. In my case, I had a trademark. You need to have the trademark paperwork ready to go as well. So you need to have that paperwork ready to go. Uh, The other thing that I tell people to do is just to clean up some of that little stuff. We always have those few little projects we haven't done, or maybe the few posts that need a little bit of tweaking. Try to clean some things up a little bit so it really looks the way that you want, and it's going to present itself in the best possible way. You also need to start thinking about what in the world do I want to sell this for? And while you might think it's worth $100 million, it's probably not. And so we need to do some analysis and put forth some education and pull together accurate stats so when someone approaches you to buy, you can have a reasonable offer that you know you can live with that they would be willing to accept that really makes sense for your site, the content and the revenue uh, based on current revenue as well as potential revenue opportunities.
0: Oh, yeah. And when you were selling your site, did you have a lot of back and forth negotiating or what was that like? So at our negotiation process was really pretty simple.
1: Um, So the first thing, after we talked, they said, okay, we're going to make you an offer. And so they sent me the offer and I saw what it was. And my husband and I talked it over. I countered with another offer and changed a couple of the terms in the contract They came back and said, well, we would like to keep it at this, but we can agree to these other terms. And that was acceptable to us and we were done. So in our case, it was literally like what, two, three emails, and we were finished. But we also knew, I also knew how much that I wanted to get for it, and I also knew my bottom line. And I was in the situation that it was time to let it go. And so I didn't want to keep the process going forever and ever. And so I just knew that, you know, I don't know when the next offer will come along. This offer is pretty much right in line with I, what I know it can. it's worth, what I'm happy to accept. And so I think it's time to just go ahead and let it go for that price. Um, but you do have to be comfortable with the amount that they're asking to, or excuse me, with the amount that they're offering to you because you don't want to have regrets that you undersold yourself.
0: Hmm. On that note, looking back now, is there anything that you would have done differently? You know what? I don't think so.
1: I think everything went so well, because as soon as we got through that contract or the um, negotiation on the asking price, then they instantly sent everything over and they asked for all my documents. And I started sending that over. And really, the longest part was really waiting for my, my attorney to review the contract. And I think that's one thing a lot of people forget. When you get a contract, never, ever, 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 ever just sign it and send it back. You absolutely need to invest. And a good corporate attorney to review that to make sure your interests are at heart, because the person who's buying they're protecting themselves, not you. So it's absolutely imperative that you do that. And so for me, that was probably my longest wait was that two to three wait uh, week waiting period, um, time between, between the time that the contract came out, my attorney reviewed, we had to make a couple of edits to the contract. Before we could both sign, both parties could sign.
0: Oh, yeah. I think all too often people will get a contract and there's money on the table and they just want to sign and get that money. But really, it's so important to take time to actually have a professional lawyer read over the contract and make sure that everything is fair and that you're taken care of. Yeah, because you don't want to have regrets later or screw yourself yeah. down the and road. Just, you know, and because it
1: was, you know, it was, and they were happy to hear that too. And so, That made me felt good because when they said, okay, here's this, we want your attorney to look at. And I said, yes, I have an attorney. And they said, thank you. That was literally what he emailed back to me and said, I am so glad that you have an attorney. If you have a buyer who questions that you're wanting an attorney to look at the contract, I'd probably be pretty tempted to want to run the other way because any good buyer realizes that the contract is the crux of the whole thing. And you have to have somebody review that. And them not wanting somebody to review it makes me think that they're trying to be sneaky or backhanded and maybe slid in some wording that really benefits them more than me or is taking advantage of me and my lack of understanding with legal terminology. So make sure that you do invest in an attorney. It's going to cost you, but you're selling your site anyway. So you just look at part of paying for the attorney is just part of the cost of selling your site.
0: Oh, yeah, because you're still going to come up on the profit side, but it's just an important expense as part of it. Ensuring that your website is legally compliant does not have to be confusing. Lawyer Amira at Aself Guru has created a legal template bundle for bloggers and entrepreneurs that covers your privacy page, your terms and conditions, and your affiliate disclosure page. She also has a whole legal store of every other type of contract and template that you could ever need. Go to herpaperute.com slash legal bundle to discover Amira's contract shop. And when you reached a deal, what was the process like of transferring the website and all of the assets over to the buyer?
1: It was actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought. You know, after 11 years of blogging, and you guys can imagine how many affiliate partners I had and alt logins. And I still find them from time to time like, oh yeah, we missed this one. You know, so um, what we did is we set up Slack. And that way we had a great line of communication back and forth instead of the emails and things like that. It just worked better For their organization and me to be able to talk to legal and everybody all at once collectively as a group kept the communication open so i would definitely look at some sort of communication software what they ended up doing is they created a google spreadsheet and they sent that to me and i filled it out and i went in i updated every password to be something that was more generic Uh, so that way i didn't because i had used we all kind of do that. We all kind of have those two or three passwords we use for everything because we remember them, right? And so you need to make sure that you go into every application, program, et cetera, and you create a more secure password that you can hand over to them. And so I gave them that. They um, then had to set up their accounts. We had to set up the timing of the transfer because like I said, so they took it over and I got all the earnings through the end of October. Well, those earnings don't get paid out until November and somewhat into December. And so for us, we made the final transfer of all the assets effective December 15th. So anything that was paid prior to that point came all to me and anything after that point came to them because there was gonna be some that maybe they really earned and some that I really earned. And so it kind of worked itself out in the wash, so to speak. So you need to understand the timing of when the affiliate And ad revenue will switch hands so that that can be set up properly. But we used a sheet. And like I said, you can put all of your login credentials. Um, I had to give them access to Google Analytics so they could take over that account. I gave them access to Search Console so they could take over that account. There's so many moving pieces and parts. You want to make sure that you think about everything you touch every day and add that to a sheet. So as you get ready to go through that process, start a spreadsheet. You log into your website. Okay, what's my login? I went to this affiliate. What's that login? Keep a running list of everything you're doing. So at the point you're ready to hand that over to the new buyer, you've got a great list of everything they're going to need to access because there's a lot more to it than I think we all even realize on a day-to-day basis.
0: (laughs) You're so right. (laughs) Have you sold any other blogs since? Nope, I haven't. And at this point, I don't
1: have a desire to. My current site is my name. And so no one wants to buy my site because no one wants to be me. me. (laughs) Um, But I have thought about starting um, a couple of niche sites and potentially building them up and trying to sell them. That's a little in the future, down the road that I would like to do that. But for right now, I am very, very content being in the blogging education and coaching sphere and really don't have many objectives to going beyond that at this point.
0: Yeah, you have your hands full. I do. I'm managing multiple blogs right now and some I'm running as a passion project and some are my main business sites and others are smaller niche sites that I'm developing with the purpose of selling down the road. And yeah, like it is a full time job times 20. So if anyone is out there just working on one or two blogs, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I'm thinking about
1: doing is if I potentially do that, I will make sure I'm at a point where I can bring in a blog manager and I can just have somebody kind of run that blog for me. I'll be the owner and I can pay them something so they can handle that day-to-day stuff and helping me build it up. i don't have to focus so much into that so if it's something you're thinking about doing you might want to consider having some hands to help you out because it's a lot to take on yourself
0: yes i'm always in support of reaching out for help hiring a virtual assistant team members yeah you don't have to do it all on your own and really as a blogger a big part of it is just prioritizing your time because if you're not careful you know, the whole day will go by and you've done nothing creative just because you've been working through your emails and you know what that's like. So do you have any productivity tips that you can share with us? Oh yeah. So my favorite tip is so
1: each Sunday night I sit down with my planner and I can't do digital, guys. I am the get old, give me a paper planner and a pen in a day of the week. And I sit down and I determine what do I want to work on this week? But I and I break it up by tasks each day. So I'm working on a new course. Well, my To-do list isn't just work on the course. Mine is work on module one today. My next one is, okay, Write, recreate the checklist is on day two. So I take what I want to work on and I break it up into daily tasks. That's what goes on my to-do list. That is all my objective is for the day. If that's all I get done that day, it was a successful day. If I get that done and I have more time to focus, maybe working ahead to the next day, I will. But I find when I can break every task up into one small daily like project so to speak I'm feeling much more accomplished because it's so much easier if I'm saying I want to work on this course and it's day five and I got a lot done but I'm still not done with the course then I feel like I didn't get done what I needed however if I said okay I'm working on this course and I want to do module one and maybe get your module two by the end of the week and I did that then I'm like wow I did everything I needed to this week. I'm big on rewarding myself and I'm big on you know, that self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm getting things done. That makes me feel good about me. And when I can literally take a pencil and cross through my to-do list that I have got something done, then that is a win for me. So that's of my biggest. Yeah. Isn't it that was like that big pencil, like crossing it off. I did this. Yay. Um, but it's just, I find that that is how I'm much more productive than, a big list of things. And I don't overly book my weeks. And if something new comes up, unless it's an emergency, it does not go on this week's schedule ever. It goes on next week's schedule. So if I think, of like, oh, yeah, I really need to write that article on something. Great. Then guess what? That's going to be next Wednesday. I don't care that it's only Tuesday this week. I have my book. My week is booked. I will work on it next week. So that way I'm not jumping from project to project and not suffering from squirrel syndrome, you know, where your head's jerking from thing to thing, and you don't get anything done. I can keep much more focused. But my biggest tip, honestly, is when I'm working on something, I literally shut everything down. Social media, my inbox, everything. And I focus literally on what my task is. And if that means I work on it for four hours and I don't look at another thing, so what? The world's not coming to an end if I don't check my inbox. It's going to be okay if I don't respond to somebody on Facebook three seconds after they leave a question, everybody will live, And so I can focus a hundred percent of my time, get my work done, and then I go check everything else, get caught up, and I go about my day.
0: I'm just over here nodding my head like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so what are you working on now?
1: So uh, right now I'm working on a new p- um it's a very super cheap course, not cheap as in quality, but just affordable, I guess is what I should say, on how to write epic blog content. Because I find that new bloggers, they get told, okay, like, hey, write an article, but they don't know how to keyword research. They don't know the blog post structure. Or they aren't sure how about just sections, all these different pieces that help us experts. We know how to write a really good blog post that can rank, but it's taken us a long time to get there. And I would rather help the new blogger set themselves up for success right from the start, writing that epic content that's going to solve those problems and potentially rank once Google finally says, oh, hey, there you are. I'm ready to rank you. So that is what my goal is now. I've got beta testers. In fact, I put a call out for beta testers and I wanted 10 and I think I've got 50 or 60 people signed up who want to beta test So yeah, it's pretty exciting, but it's going to be, super affordable because new bloggers, you guys aren't making much money, you know, so you have a lot to invest, but you still need to learn from the people who want to teach you. So I'm really excited about it and I'm hoping to have it ready in the next two to three weeks because I know that there's a great need for it. And that's just how I roll. I want to give you what you need at a price you could absolutely afford to pay.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So The course is called um,
1: Posting Perfection. It's nine bucks. That's it, guys. Nine dollars. It is a few lessons that's going to show you how to do some keyword research. It's going to help you figure out what to write about month after month so that you're not struggling with your next article to write. It's going to help make sure that your posts are formatted beautifully so they can be read everywhere by everybody who wants to absorb your content. We're going to make sure that It's structured in a way that makes sense for Google so that when your content finally is recognizable by Google, it is set up for SEO success. And then we're going to talk about what we do once we hit publish, because hitting publish is only the beginning of writing that epic content. But yeah, nine bucks, that's all it's going to cost you. And you're going to walk away with a wealth of information.
0: That is awesome, and that is such an important piece of the blogging puzzle. Setting yourself up for SEO success from the beginning is so important because, really, it takes a while for Google to pick up new sites, and if you just start the right way from the beginning, it's just going to save you so much time and headache down the line. Thanks. I hope I hope it's really helpful for people. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that we should know? You know, I think
1: it's just – I think people shouldn't be afraid to – Think that you can sell a site. I don't think that bloggers should feel that you can't do something. We can all do something. And you know, like just like you and I, we were once beginners. We once were clueless as to what we were doing. And we were making every one of the mistakes that every single one of you are making. We've been there, done that, have the t-shirt. So don't be afraid to make mistakes, but don't be afraid to ask for help. And find those two to five people you trust and go to them. They will not lead you astray. They are going to be your biggest cheerleaders. They're going to give you the right information and you can trust them explicitly and know that they are setting you up for blogging success.
0: Oh, yes. That's such great advice. Well, Tracy, it has been fabulous getting to chat with you. So thank you so much for coming and being on the show today.
1: Likewise. I'm glad that we were able to finally get together and I could share a little bit about what the experience is really like when you sell a profitable website
0: catch up with Tracy at tracyphobes.com and find her on Facebook as well. And again, for anyone who would like to sell their website, swingbyblogsforsale.co slash V-A-L to get a free website valuation where we can find out how much your blog could potentially sell for if you decide to list. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review on iTunes. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by HerPaperRoot.com. Now go make something.